art on your sleeve. Hello and welcome to Art on Your Sleeve, episode 13. This is a podcast about art, design and the music industry. Before I talk about what's coming up in this podcast, I'd like to thank all of those people who got in touch with me about the last episode where I talked about Bob Linney and his graphic design work for The Beloved. It was great to get so much positive feedback and I'm glad that people enjoyed what Bob had to say. I'd also like to let people know that there's now a Facebook group for Art on Your Sleeve. I was aware that there wasn't really a system set up where people could get in touch with me easily so now there's a facebook group called art on your sleeve podcast where people can join and contribute and stay in touch with each other so please feel free to join sorry it's been a while since the last podcast but in between these two episodes i was a guest on the permanent record podcast with sarah and brian linen in the usa where we talked about thomas dolby so check out the permanent record podcast wherever you get your podcasts from So in this episode, I catch up with Peter Coyle, who was a member of the Lotus Eaters, a band that formed in the early 1980s in Liverpool and had a degree of success in Europe and elsewhere in the world, but then seemed to quickly disappear. But Peter's been recording ever since then, and we've become quite good friends over the years. We've been friends for about 20 years and ended up working together. So in this interview, we talk about the design of the Lotus Eaters and also Peter's current works as a solo artist and as a bonus this episode also contains a brand new piece of music that I wrote and Peter sang so it's quite an exclusive to have it in this podcast but the song will be appearing on streaming platforms and will be available to download from places like iTunes etc probably in November or December of 2020 so I hope you like the track I had fun recording it about six or seven years ago, possibly even longer. And Peter and I put it together by sending files backwards and forwards to each other. But basically, I did the music and he did the words and it's come together really nicely. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Sit back, make yourself comfortable. Here we go. Peter, it's great to speak to you after all this time. It's been a long time since we've had a chat. Welcome to the Art on Your Sleeve podcast. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure, Andrew, and just a, and a joy, to, joy to be here. So lovely to see you. I think the last time we saw each other in, in the room together, rather than speaking on the phone or via Skype, was at the China Crisis concert at the Cavern in Liverpool. That was a long time. Was that five, six? It, well, it, it feels like five or six, so it was probably more like 15 or 16, but it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a lovely thing to do, to be honest. It was a lovely, uh, lovely little excursion. Really. And it was a good, good venue as well. It's always, it's always quite an exciting time going to the, to the legendary Cavern Club, isn't it? Well, the Cavern's a, a wonderful, wonderful space. And the sound there is mega. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a really brilliant venue. And I hope in these difficult times that that venue is going to be all right because, mm-hmm. It is a really wonderful resource. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a great space to make music. The cavern, great yeah. space. So what we're going to do in in this chat is look back at your entire career, going right back to 1983 with your first single with the Lotus Eaters, and then come right up to date with your newer newer stuff. Because what's quite interesting is that you, the the way that you've always packaged your records has been quite. Um, 
quite artistic. You didn't always go down the more traditional route of um, just the boring band photograph, although you did have band uh, photography on some of your sleeves. What I find interesting is artists that find other ways of visually representing themselves. And I think I think that the Lotus Eaters and more recently your, your own solo output fits into that category. Would you agree? Well, totally, yeah, because even in the name, the Lotus Eaters, it's not about, like, look how sexy we are. It's about ideas and, and images and, and atmospheres. It's that, you know, yeah, f- f- without understanding or being aware of it already we, from day one, it was the art and the, the culture that inspired us and drove us, and, and we just reflected that. Because even in the name and, and the covers, you know, done by Jed and Louise, they just reflected ha- how we thought and felt and, 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 and what we were embedded in. When you bury deep in, in culture, in books, in art, in films, in music, there's nothing like it on earth. It's the most incredibly beautiful, rich, deep thing imaginable. Mm. And it's such a privilege to be involved in, in, the, in the creative world. It really is. So those, that very first release for, for the first single, the first yeah. picture of you, yeah. that image there, because none of these covers have credits on them. So who who did the artwork for that first single? Uh, that was Jed, Jed and Louise. Um, Jed's an established artist because he left the Lotus Eaters to, you know, he's an established artist. And, um, um, and Louise was his girlfriend at the time. As well, but she's she's an established artist in her own way as well, right. um, and you know because basically um, we were looking for images um, that corresponded with the way we felt with things, and it, it was the idea of a, of of a baby embracing the planet. We were looking at things and, and, and the poetry and everything, and, and it was that kind of sort of like innocence, the baby, the, the, and the raw nature without knowing anything and, and has this whole planet to try and sort of envelop. And um, so, you know, again, it's just really simple, simple ideas, but we were really lucky because Jed... And Louise were able to um, express those for us because mm. obviously, you know, um, they, they were artists. They, they, they were artists. So they were able to express those ideas for us and put them into, you know, make them real. And at that time, you were signed to uh, an imprint of Arista Records, weren't you? Which is a major label. So did they um, have any issues with the visual creative direction that you wanted to go in? Were you were you given free reign with that, or did they kind of want to help art direct things on your part? Oh, well, they tried. I mean, 
I'd like to think I'm an affable person and I certainly don't like conflict. But like for First Picture View, for example, I wanted a kind of a black and white, very sensual, um, almost vintage porn, pornographic, but not what I wanted to do. But I realised with, with, you know, Arista would have a heart attack and, and, and Jerry wasn't too keen on the idea. So we went with the kind of, um, the summer of 1942 and the first cut, I mean, I turned into John Lydon. And this, this is the video you're talking about, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where was that filmed? Where were you? I think it was somewhere in um, Norfolk. Right. Norfolk in a beautiful, beautiful spot. But anyway, so they re-edited it and it, you know, and um, that, that was okay. That that was I could stomach it. But but a lot of the bands around that time they were being and this goes back to what you were saying about the the marketing people wanting to project the Lotus Eaters in a certain way. There was something almost um, there was like a pastoral kind of poetic style that they wanted to show a lot of those bands in a crisis and the Pale Fountains and yourselves where it was almost like this sort of I don't know foppish kind of. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Pale Fountains, Oz China, we were all out of time because we were built on what had gone before and we were connected to it. Mm. Now, now, in order to sell, you know, it, it, the whole, it was all concentrated on making that surface as shiny as possible, as possible. But like, if you, Mike Ed uh, from the Paleys or Gary from China Crisis, you will see that those people are so deep in the culture and know every reference. They they can out-reference you on anything. And mm. and but uh, that's not enough. Mm. It's all about the the sheen. And so that's why that the kind of um, because how do you sell what's real? In order to be sold, it has to be packaged and put a ribbon on it, and yeah. that's what ruins it. Ruins yeah, it. I mean, I, I I understand it to a degree because you are you you are playing the same game as all of those 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 other artists, your competitors in the you know for for the pop chart. So you have to play the same game as them to a degree, don't you? The bitches. <laughs> 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 but I think there's something quite charming about about that period because whilst everything was synthetic, quite literally, you know, we were yeah. kind of music was changing and the whole recording industry was changing, marketing was changing. Yeah. But there is a sort of um, a warmth and not not a naivety, but there's a sort of poetry to to what you were doing visually and also musically. I think there's a harmony between the two. I'm sure it was the same for Mick, for Gary, for Yorkie, for all of them, for, for Andy and Paul. It was all about escape. Yeah. Life, life was really, really tough and industrial and all a bit too D.H. Lawrence for me and a bit George Orwell, just a bit too Wigan Pier. That period was so tough um, because, you know, like with the three-day weeks and all that type of yeah. thing. That's where all the 80s music came from. That kind of sheer, like, we will really appreciate beauty. We will really appreciate the good times because 
we never know that the, the, what's going to happen the next day. I think as well back then there was a huge divide. I mean, it's a cliche to talk about a north-south divide, but it did actually exist. I mean, I, I was an art student back in the early 80s. And, and, you know, creative people were told if you want to get on in, if you want to be a creative person, you can't stay where you are. You're going to have to go to London. See, but there was a shift before us. You know, things were starting to move away from London because London was too, like, um, uh, corporate. They needed a new injection. And so mm. they started to look to Manchester. And also Joy Division, bands like that, did change the fall. The fall, John Peel changed everything, you know, by being wrong, wrong, mm. wrong, 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 wrong. And thank God, you know, and um, so, you, you know, you'd be listening to stuff from Sheffield. You'd be listening to Human League. You know, I remember uh, Phil Oakey walking past me uh, just outside Lewis's because uh, they were playing that night in the... Eric's? The, no, the German, the German... Hofbrauer, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw, I think I saw a primal scream there as well. Anyway, I, but, I saw Cabaret Voltaire there. Oh yeah, again, great <laughs> band, great band. It was great as well that time because even though I think people were being encouraged to move to the capital, it wasn't happening. And I remember back then that whole scene around Cafe Berlin and yeah. you know the the art school scene. I was probably a tiny bit too young for it but you would see people wandering around you know you'd regularly see like peep bands mincing yeah. around town or omd or whatever and i remember being on on a bus with you as well once but i didn't i didn't know you then so i didn't go over and chat to you but you would see people that you know you'd been reading smash hits and then the next day you'd be on the bus going into town with yeah. them. there was something really uh yeah. really fun about that but also as well as you know with peep ben Pete Burns, you'd know the comparison between Pete Burns and Boy George. I'm sorry. You know, Pete Burns just beats him hands down all the time. It's just, you know, that man would walk around um, Marks and Spencers, <laughs> you know, you know, with Lynn. And for me, he was the light of my life because he was a tough man, but... He, you know, he was always very sweet and kind to me. What a warrior. What mm. a warrior. And Lynn as well. What an angel. I'll never forget that. Mm. I'll never They were full on, 100% freaks in the vicinity. Yeah. And, and everyone's looking at them and I'm thinking, thank you. Thank you. Because, <laughs> like, I'm, I, am, I am with you. They just don't realise that I'm as much as a freak as you, but mm. you're somehow managing to exist. And those pioneers, because I, I think of them as pioneers, um, set the tone for Liverpool. They set the tone, and and you know that's why um, I think a lot of the originality comes from people like that, individuals who just broke the mold yeah you know yeah Sorry. i think and it, in some ways punk did that in it didn't it that punk sort of smashed everything up and then we we started yeah. from 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 kind of a blank canvas with that but um it was also a nice reaction to to the cliches of what liverpool music was the mersey beat scene and all that i think yeah. that whilst i respect that 
you can't you can't live off that stuff forever and i think that was what was great that very fertile period at that time when you were coming up through the music scene and you know people like big in japan and holly johnson yeah. and you know that whole that growth of that scene none of that tapped into any of that beatly stuff it was all no, kind of no. we're sick of that it's time for something new and it was it was brilliant you know and, and a lot of those artists are still really creative today yourself included yeah, um, so the first picture of you was gigantic all over europe and did, did it get beyond yeah it wasn't it like big in the philippines or somewhere as well? yeah, yeah. yeah in japan yeah and it was nearly a hit in australia as well oh. so you followed up that massive massive hit the same year with uh, you don't need someone new you don't need someone Yeah. And again, the cover was another piece of art. It was a sort of pencil, pastel, yeah. figurative drawing. Who was Lovely. that by? Jed. Right. Okay. Lovely. Yeah, gorgeous. Well, and this sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, that sort of poetic, pastoral um, styling that, that a lot of the a lot of the bands had it and the Lotus Eaters particularly because I loved at the time there was a, a, a limited edition picture disc of it do you remember yeah and, and it has real flowers pressed yeah. into the vinyl I, I thought pushed, that was I pushed really hard for that gorgeous and I've never seen it done since such a um, an original way of doing it because every single one was unique wasn't it yeah, and it's dead expensive to do, but I pushed really hard for that and got it. And also on that record as well, what's brilliant is there's a song on there called Two Virgins Tender, the B-side. Now, outrageous, the two 20-year-olds are singing a song called Two Virgins Tender. Outrageous, but great. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I really love that track, actually. I think it's a lovely song. It's weird and lovely. And then you had a couple more singles off off the album, uh, No Sense of Sin. But then you did go to photography. You became pinups for those singles for Set Me Apart and Out on Your Own. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> You've even got your top off, I believe, on the house on your own cover. Yeah, but, I mean, that was that was a terrible picture, but that was the only one that Jem liked. Right. There were much better pictures of that, but it was the only one he could uh, pass. But um, with, the, with the Set Me Apart thing, that's quite funny because there was a series uh, called White Horse Farm, I think it was, about... Um, Jeremy Barber, the uh, the, um, the murderer. The, well, he, he uh, he's in jail, isn't he? And he's, he he alleges his innocence. But anyway, it was a series about him, and um, I was watching it, and there's that picture from Set Me Apart on his living room wall, <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? And 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 it was, and David Sylvian was on his bedroom wall, so like. <laughs> The hierarchy was extremely clear 
you know, sort of Dave, David Sylvian is is a good looking lad, you know, bless him, and such a talent. He must have been the only person who had that picture on his wall. <laughs> now you were you were a smash hits pin up in 1984. Who took those photographs? That was Ken. Uh, Ken Davis, Pete Davis was our manager, and Ken was his brother, and he's a big cheese in the photography world. Right. So did he do the cover of uh, No Sense of Sin as well? Oh, no, no, that's the lad from uh, Nina Cherry. Uh, her, her husband. Oh, um... Cameron. Her husband, Cameron. He did that photo, because we, we just sort of said to him, look, we want to try and do a photo, but we don't want it to be of this time. We want it to be patently old vintage Hollywood, like I wanted to do the uh, the video for First Picture View, and um, and he got it, he got it totally, um, uh, and he, uh, and you know, and had a lovely night. I think we were in studio, I don't know what studio, but you know, talking to him about it, and he totally got it, and I felt comfortable with him. That photograph, though, I think that when you've now you've explained it. it, it you met the brief perfectly. It is a, it's a gorgeous photograph. I mean, you, it does look like it's sort of 1930s style to yeah. it almost, but yeah. with 1980s hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But I'm so glad we did it. It's such a strong image because I knew the album was called No Sense of Sin. That's why I went with No Sense of Sin because no matter, even if, we're using our own bodies to sell. It doesn't sully it at all. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's very it's, innocent and pure, isn't it? But it's also knowing it. It's like if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And it's still only about the art, the music. So that album, that that was... So those four singles were from the album. And then uh, 1985, you released It Hurts. which is my favourite Lotus Eaters song, actually. I, I bought that when it came out. Um, again, with another piece of art on the cover. Jet. Um, lovely. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? Lovely it's kind lovely. of... Is it done with oils? I can't really work out. Yeah, what acrylic and oils, I think it was. Yeah. But no, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous... It's my favourite, that one. Mm. My and favorite. It, it's sort of uh, biblical, even. It's like, like the, the image with the cross and stuff. It's... Uh, yeah, people liked that song. It wasn't a hit, um, but a lot like um, uh, you know the lad from um, James. He liked it. He liked it. The lad from Suede liked it. it but it, it was again, it was difficult because like I think that was our final single. The video was very cool as well. The lad, oh, he's a big cheese. Rogue Nick Rogue. Well, it was his brother. He. Um, he chose my storyboard. There's lovely references in in that in that video. It looks expensive. It not really. Whoever it was, I I, I lost me. Uh, I'm wearing a kind of a a nighty in that or whatever it's called. But that went missing on shoes. So you know, 
that's very naughty, whoever that was. <laughs> Where was it filmed? Just in a in a, a, a studio in London somewhere, or was it here in Liverpool? Oh, it wasn't in Liverpool, but that's a very good question. I actually can't remember. I'm thinking Germany, but I, I think that's just wrong. I, I'm, it must have been London. I saw that on. Uh, do you remember the Max Headroom show? Oh yeah. Yeah, there was a Saturday Saturday evening uh, show hosted by Max Headroom where he'd basically uh, bring together a quite quite a disparate collection of videos yeah. with him talking in between them. But really interesting stuff like Bill Nelson and Cabaret Voltaire yeah. and so. And I remember seeing it on that and uh, I'd, I used to sit there waiting to press record for all the ones I liked. And then when I heard that come on, I was like, oh! Because you know, obviously there was no YouTube back then, so if you no. didn't catch it, if you didn't catch that record, it was gone forever. Straight after it hurts, I think in 1985, I released an EP called Selfish, which oh. was a picture of Gustav Klimt and a woman. Um, I, I don't can I say this masturbating and um, <laughs> pleasuring herself. And um, the record, the record uh, I was dropped by them, by the way. So, but even the record shops wouldn't take it because oh. it was, you know. But again, it's quite interesting now that you've mentioned this. I, I didn't, I, you know, it's like the first cover is is a Gustav Klimt drawing. Wow! Did, and did you get clearance to use that, or did you no. just use it? <laughs> you joking? And then it was um, a slap in the face for public taste. Um, and then and then we did uh, Eight Orgasms. I'd sacrificed Eight Orgasms with Shirley MacLaine just to be there. That was 87. And that was that was my first artwork. I did that cover. And all the drawings inside and uh, in the booklet and everything. And that sold really well in Greece. Why agree? It's just strange how different markets tap into different tracks. Well, yeah, because I, I see, I think the Italians like the Lotus Eaters because of the sincerity, but the English were like, God, no thanks. So coming more up to date, you oh, yeah, for the last for the last maybe five years, you've been churning out some really interesting and intriguing images through all your social media channels, Instagram and Facebook, and do you use Twitter as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very abstract. I can't even, it's really hard to describe them because they're, they're very, very colourful, solarised, digital, um, sometimes very flat colours, sometimes very, very vibrant, almost Jackson Pollocky. But yeah. <laughs> it's, so, so where's all that come from? How did that begin? And what was your thinking with, with this stuff? Well, it's David Hockney's fault. He, he was saying... He's not interested in representing something. He, he, he's more interested in how he perceives something. And when I heard him say that, I was like, you know what? I like that a lot. And with the music, I was what was happening was I'd be working all day on the music and my head was mashed. Mm. So I'd to wind down, because one of the biggest things with any performer, how do you come down? from stage so you've just been on stage and you wound up and you're just like you're just like firing off on all cylinders it took me years to understand and and manage and and cope with the coming down process so i just started uh, with the computer just started making images to bring me help bring me down 
to a calm, calm space. I like Wittgenstein. Mm. And he said at the end of his life, the only thing that counts is love. And he says, no, thanks. See ya. I'm going to study philosophy. I'm going to live the way I want to live. He was gay. And and I'm going to, you know, throw myself into 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 philosophy. But, uh, you know, and, and, and he did so. Uh, but... Uh, and so I, I I want to live by his, his edict, if you like, about... And so when I put it up a picture, it's just saying love. When I'm doing music, no one's listening to the music. That's okay. I'm still putting it up there because it's about love. It's about my love and connection to music and to art, and to books, and to films, and to beautiful people like yourself who are creative and want to make the world a better place. That is it. Everything else, boring. <laughs> it, it's also very anti, it, it's it's going against what Instagram is often about as well, which is about showing off and, yeah. you know, look, at here's me at this place, and here's my new shoes, and here's my new house, and all that stuff. So I quite like the fact that these images are so abstract, because you, in in that respect, they don't represent the music in any direct way, but they, they you know, it's an mm-hmm. interesting conceptual way of um, of packaging the, the new music that you've been doing, which there's a lot of, you know, if you look at your, your Spotify, there's a lot of music on there with some really interesting people as well. You've, I noticed you've been working with Martin Ware from Heaven 17. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Rob Hughes uh, from ABC and, and that. But it was just, but yeah, and Martin, you know, uh, we did that big um, Picasso uh, festival. Uh, everything, everything is real. I think it was called. It, it, you know, at the National Gallery. Yes. In London. And that was mega. That was lovely. That because he he what's it called curated it. He uh, you know he's a good man. He's mm. a good man. So what are you what are you working on at the moment? Well, uh, last week I think it was uh, Twenty Two Layers is is a project with Tony Lowe, uh, a new band we've got uh, Tony Lowe uh, and me, and it was called Traveling Alone. Arizona. What's the best way of people um, keeping in touch with you or finding out what you're up to? Do you have, have you got a website or is it you? I, I have, but I, I have, but I mean, I don't. I should do more on it, but it's just it's a bit difficult for me. But yeah, I've got a website, petercoil.com, and I've got Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that's where I post me pictures, and um, I've got a Facebook music page as well. Um, right. But I mean. I, you know, I'm I'm very random. I, I I'm not interested in monetizing. Mm. I just it's all it's all about the uh, the process, the journey. Mm. It's a pure journey. You're also a member of the Art on Your Sleeve Facebook group. I know I too. Am. So if people want to give any feedback and comments on our conversation, they should probably do it there, which is a, a 
Art on Your Sleeve podcast uh, on Facebook. But also, we can see you next year, I believe, on the Rewind Tour. Is that still scheduled yeah, to let, go ahead? Let's Rock, Let's Rock Tour. Let's Rock, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing in Liverpool. I can't wait. Um, I've got my tickets. Have you? Cool. Yeah, because yeah. Cool. obviously it was supposed to be this year, but I know. Thing, things changed this year. I know, I know. But, I, but it, it's so long since I got the tickets, I can't even remember who the lineup is, and I think it's changed a lot anyway now, hasn't it? But can you remember who you're on with, or is that all still being negotiated? And no, I think it's I think it's more or less uh, stayed the same. But again, but as you say, you, you just never know things are changing so mm. rapidly, and everything's up in the air. It's um, it, you know, these are. Difficult, strange times really yeah. are, but yeah. we'll get through them. And everyone, stay positive and stay safe. Music makes the people come together. It does. It's a beautiful thing, and everything you can imagine is real. <laughs> That's Pablo Picasso. And one final thing, I think we should finish with uh, a piece of music that's never been heard. Oh, that that you sang on a long yeah. time ago. Yes. But, but I, I wrote a piece of music and you kindly agreed to um, write some lyrics for it and record some vocals. And we were sending files backwards and forwards between the UK and France, where, where you are now, obviously. Yeah. And um, I'd sort of forgotten about it until we were doing this. And I was thinking we should I should dig that out because it's actually quite a nice piece of music. You've probably completely forgotten all about it, but... I think we should sign off with that with an excerpt from that track. Well, that's, um, that sounds great because that's that that was like uh, the the beginnings of Dutch lawn. <laughs> Dutch so lawn. it's been it's been great catching up with you again, Peter. And uh, good luck with the the tour next year and Thank with all the new the new stuff that you're recording. Thank you. It doesn't matter how we are. Just remember